0: Before we start Big Brain Hour today, we've a public service announcement for all of our listeners. The Shamrock Shake is back for a limited time only. Visit your local McDonald's to enjoy a delicious limited time treat while supplies last. Hello everyone and welcome to Big Brain Hour episode 5. Um, Steve and I are going to be the only two people in the in the studio today. No special guests today, so a little bit of a solo act. thought it would be pretty fun to just kind of bring it down to just us ever having four great special guests in a row. So we thought it would be a great time, and we hope you guys enjoy it. So, Steve, want to lead us off with our first segment?
1: Oh, for sure. Um, so we have been uh, – I don't know how many weeks have we been doing this? Four weeks? This is our fifth week. Fifth week. week. Okay. So uh, obviously, we started a new podcast a couple weeks ago, and after about a month, uh, I think we have some thoughts on it, uh, and maybe not just the podcast, but the creative process in general that I think we'd like to speak about. Mm-hmm. You don't realize how hard it is to come up with
0: new and exciting content, like even just once a week. So- yeah. I will say that I've gained a lot of respect for people that do content creation for a living. So it's really easy to look at someone like, like people who stream on Twitch, people who do YouTube for a living, and say, "Oh, that's easy. I could do that." But even just doing this podcast has made me realize just how difficult and how how difficult it is to do that, and how talented that those people are. Oh, for sure.
1: I think um, there's definitely the tools for pretty much any individual to get started and to. Uh, I think to be able to effectively uh, create different types of content, mm-hmm. but the hard part comes in like the actual like creativity behind it, like making sure that you keep stuff new uh, each and every week and coming up with interesting topics and, and ideas. I think, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So in terms of creative process, one of the um, one of the methods I use to brainstorm um, different ideas is that I keep a notes page on my phone. That whenever I come up with an idea for the podcast or hear something that's funny or something I think would be cool to be talk about, I actually get my phone out and write it down. So like at three a.m., I'll wake up and I'll be like, okay, I just remembered what I thought was really funny today, so I'll write that down on my phone, and then we can talk about on the podcast. So a lot of times, it's just a matter of keeping. A lot of people tell you this when it when it comes to brainstorming, coming up with new ideas at all just keeping a notebook with you or having a notes page on your phone where you can just jot down those ideas real quick. Cause a lot of times it is just kind of a fleeting moment before you end up forgetting
1: it again. Oh, for sure. And there's so many times, I think everyone can relate to this is like, you have like a a great idea of something. Mm -hmm. And then the next day when that, you know, you're finally with your friends and you're going to bring it up, you totally forgot like what it was (laughs) going to be. Yeah. Um, One thing I have heard is that if you're trying to get into like the creative zone, is listen to like some interesting music, maybe not ones with lyrics, but maybe like instrumental stuff, and then mm-hmm. it kind of gets your brain thinking. Um, I've I've heard from people who write like movies and stuff. That's that's how a lot of their inspiration comes. Is they'll just be like from music, yeah, and they'll be going mm-hmm. like you know going <clears throat> around somewhere, put some music on, so that you can just get in the right uh, mm-hmm. frame of mind, I guess.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think it is all about finding that um, right frame of mind, really being able to focus on something as well, because. Um, nothing really works. You're not really focusing on trying to get better at it or trying to, um, come up with ideas. So it's just being able to focus for a period of time and actually, um, calm your mind and just get in tune with your creative self. Cause a lot of people go, Oh man, I'm not creative. I'm not a creative person. Like it's easy to think that, but I think that pretty much anyone can be creative if they, um, you do have to work at it. If yep. you learn on focusing, try out some different brainstorming methods um, this podcast taught me a lot about that. And I think that's been one of the really great takeaways I've had from it these first four weeks. And I really love it. And I think it's a really great time, um, being able to kind of, uh, kind of stre- kind of take that creativity and put it to use. Cause a lot of times there's not really a lot of outlets for that for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. for
1: sure. Mm-hmm. And one thing I will say is that kind of from the first couple of weeks, uh, I've had a lot of fun mm-hmm. on the podcast. And I think that's really important is, uh, definitely when you're trying to, uh, it doesn't matter what content you're creating. Mm-hmm. I think you have to enjoy it in order to uh, to keep that uh, persistence. Up. And also, don't uh, maybe don't turn it too much into like a an equation of do this, do this. Like mm-hmm. keep it mixed up, keep it fun. Um, I think that'll really keep you going.
0: Yeah, keep it organic. That's yeah. definitely a good way to do it. Um, our guests the first four weeks were actually a great way to get us started because um, having another person in the studio to play off of to kind of take the kind of uh, have their personality in the room is also really helpful, um, I noticed. So just having a guest in the room is actually really fun, and it's um, a really good time. Even if it's someone you know and it's a good friend, it's still it's like totally different when you're shooting a podcast. It's just a lot, a lot of fun, honestly. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah. So um, definitely um, definitely something else I want to touch on is that if anyone out there is thinking about starting a YouTube channel, thinking about starting to record music, starting a podcast, I think you should definitely go for it because for the longest time, I'd always wanted to do something like this, but I'd never done it. So I'm like, oh, that's dumb. That's that's stupid. No one will listen. And um, actually, Steve was the one who talked me into doing it because Steve, I know, I'd wanted to do a podcast for a while. And I was like, you know, I've wanted to do that. So I'll go ahead and do that with you. And it's honestly been a really good time. And I'd recommend that everyone try and do something like this because it's a great time. And I think it really... um, also, you have to focus on a lot of different things. I mean, like, we have to figure out how we're going to record it, where we're going to put it out. Um, There's a lot of problem solving involved, actually, and I think um, how we're going to edit it so it sounds good, Um, getting to guests lined up for every week. So I think it's actually a really good just exercise for general life. And um, you might be surprised. You might end up liking it a lot. You never know. It might end up taking off.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I would also say I think it's really important when you're starting something is you gotta you gotta squat up with your you know mm. your people. Yeah because you it's hard to kind of keep yourself going when it's just you. And I, I've seen this with um even with people like working out, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's it's hard to get yourself to work out. Mm-hmm. But with when you've got like a workout partner, then it's mm-hmm. like you're more accountable. And even extending further than like your direct circle. Mm -hmm. I think it's also important to have people, uh, maybe they'll give you like some pushback Mm -hmm. so that you can kind of refine some of your ideas and stuff. Mm -hmm. But you also have to have like uh, the people that'll support you and Mm -hmm. they'll really, uh, they'll back you up on stuff. So I think taking all the different kind of the input, the people you can work with, it's it's definitely a team effort. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I think you're absolutely, you're absolutely right when you say that having a team is, a lot it makes it a lot easier like i know that i would have much harder time holding myself accountable like making sure that we're always shoot, releasing the podcast sundays at seven like if i if it was just me i'd have a much harder time doing that but have, making sure that i have a team me and steve we kind of bounce off each other keep each other accountable like hey man want to come record the podcast and yeah we'll, we'll brainstorm some ideas um and we'll record it so i think it's really helpful to have a team member there to um keep you accountable and hold you down. but that even that gives me even more respect for people that have like started YouTube channels on their own and actually had them blow up because yeah. they they stay so regimented in their release of content. and um, kind of brings me to my next key of success when it comes to something like this that I've noticed is the the like the channels or like anything kind of like podcast, YouTube related, something like that, anything like that requires you to consistently release new content. If you don't, you're going to go under. Yeah. So a lot of times what you see online is um, a lot of the YouTube channels nowadays that are super, super popular. The content isn't necessarily super unique. It's usually unique in its own way. It kind of has its own kind of branding. But what they are is always they are always reliable. That is like the one common thread between right. all really popular online personalities nowadays. Whether it be um, Instagram, whether you are a meme page or whether you are a YouTube channel Consistency and people being able to rely on you is extremely important. Just that constant stream of um, constant stream of new content you're putting out is actually extremely
1: important. I think. Oh, for sure. And uh, I think when when you look at people that are super successful, it's not necessarily that they're the most gifted and talented. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they are the most reliable. They're consistent, mm-hmm. but I think they also understand you, there's that consistency, but. You know, I'd like to talk about, I, I've heard this from a professor mm-hmm. uh, that's called the the mirror test and it's basically, uh, and this could be used for like job interviews or just like in general, it's, it's a good thing to have an understanding of, you know, when you look at yourself in the mirror, uh, what is it that you bring to the table mm. and like, what's your, uh, core competency, if you will. Oh yeah. But, so I think that's really important is, you know, you gotta have that first off reliability, like Lincoln mm-hmm. said. Second off, you have to you have to understand yourself and what makes you different than other people because it's not mm-hmm. it's not the best that make it. From what I've seen, it's it's the most uh, they they have something unique about them.
0: Yeah, they have something unique about them, and they're willing to grind. They're yep. willing to put in the work. So I'll even say five episodes in. Like I I love shooting the podcast, but life gets in the way sometimes. Like <clears throat> for example, this whole week I was sick, and like tonight I'm still not feeling great. But I knew that we had to come shoot this podcast and I wanted to, but I still wasn't feeling great. So it could have been easy to just keep kicking the can down the road and end up being late on this episode. But um, it's something that we have realized and something that I've noticed is like you have to be able to keep putting that stuff out. So um, I, think, I think my biggest takeaway from all this is I always thought, oh, YouTubers, it's they're creative people, but that job is not hard compared to most other jobs, I think it's actually extremely difficult to be able to keep putting out stuff that people want to listen to, that people enjoy listening to people have fun with and keeping it fun for yourself at the same time. Yeah. I think so so I think it's actually extremely difficult and there's not that many people that have, that are really talented at that. And those are the people that end up rising to the top. Um, those are the people that end up rising to the top and this sort of thing. So I think that's just, that's been my takeaway from the podcast so far and um I think it's given me a new perspective on that sort of stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So, um, now that we talked about kind of our experience with the podcast and, um, sort of our thoughts on it after the first like four or five episodes, um, me and Steve want to talk about if we make it big with the podcast, what would we do with the money? What would be the next steps for big brain hour? It's a big hypothetical, but we were just thinking we always have this conversation with a lot of our friends. It's like, if money were no object, if you ended up blowing up and becoming super famous, what would you do? What type of life would you lead? Steve, you want to lead us off?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, at one point or another, I think everyone has probably thought about this. Like, yeah. what would you actually do if you had, if money was not an object? Mm-hmm. Um, see, I'm not I'm not a big fan of, like, having a super flashy flashy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I think, to me, experience would be Probably the most valuable thing that I could I could get, so I'd probably get a get an okay house. You know, mm-hmm. maybe buy yeah. some land. I think that's, that'd mm-hmm. be kind of cool. Very nice. But I'd probably spend most of the the money on going on like vacation, different places, or even like giving it away to other people, like mm-hmm. in, a, in a in a way that'll help them. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Mr. Beast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a much more fulfilling thing to do with money than. Yeah. I think you know you people will say buy some like fancy cars and stuff, which I think is really cool. Mm -hmm. But I I think those are things that, especially when you have whatever you want, Mm -hmm. I think you get tired of stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, Happiness doesn't like,
0: here's, here's how I see it. Like money is not a prerequisite to happiness, but it certainly, it certainly can, if you use it in the right ways, it can certainly help you to achieve more happiness. But I think it can also make you extremely unhappy. So I think it's all about finding that, that happy medium where you are not letting like, possessions be like in charge of how you feel because when that becomes the case, it's definitely problematic. I think you see that a lot of celebrities that end up living like really unfulfilling lives.
1: Yeah. Oh for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Where the money is just kind of the only thing that they have going for them at that point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Is there any specific thing that you might like that you've always wanted to have that you would you would splurge on maybe if you had the money? Yeah, you know, Steve, that's kind of a
0: I mean, it's kind of a hard question because, for example, I'm not like super into cars or anything like right. that. So like a lot of people, it's like that really high price item that they'd be like, oh, if I got super famous or rich, I'd buy, buy this. Like it's usually a car for a lot of guys, yeah. but like I'm not really into cars all that much. So it's, my car is basically just like my fly fishing mobile. If it okay. can get me to where I need to go, I'm happy with it. Yeah. And so that's, so that's like. The car is not something that I will end up wanting to buy So This makes this problem a little harder for me. I think one thing that I would do is I think I would try and like – I think I would try and get myself a pretty pretty nice house maybe in um, – maybe for example, maybe like a vacation home somewhere like tropical, like somewhere in the Bahamas would be pretty cool, yeah. something like that. Um, but I think it would just be like a nice home somewhere. Would probably be the, the that's probably like the first thing that I would do if I ended up coming to a lot of money Cause, because because like you I don't really think that I'd want to live like the total excess that we see from a lot of people that make a ton of money right but um I think it, I think it is nice if you end up making if you do end up hitting it big or something like that you can buy yourself a nice house take care of your family something like that so um like something that inspired me recently like it's, that um, kind of inspired me to even talk about this topic on the podcast was. Saw this like tw- I saw this tweet. And it was about um, a Premier League soccer player, and I forget exactly where he's from. He's from somewhere in West Africa, and um, he was carrying around a broken iPhone. And everyone, people were tweeting at him like, "Bro, why are you carrying around a broken iPhone?" Like, you make I think his salary is something. I think it's like twenty something million a year, uh-huh. maybe even more than that. because He's pretty good.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, and he ended up tweeting back to them, and he was like. Um, 'Cause he comes from a he comes from a very poor area in right. Africa and he said, um, I want to be able to give back and do good for other people because I've been given this great opportunity to play soccer and have this be my living. He's, he's he he acknowledges that he's been dealt he's been dealt a good hand in life at this point, being able to play soccer professionally, make a ton of money. And he actually ends up um, there's a village in his home country that he actually sends everyone in the village seventy Euros a month. And he, um, in order to help fund their businesses and help feed their kids, help educate their kids, um, so he's actually helping like an entire village of people in that way. And um, I know that he also has several foundations that he donates. It was a huge amount of his salary too. So um, I think even though that isn't the norm, we there are celebrities out there and people that um make a ton of money, pro athletes that do end up giving back. And I think it's, um, giving back in huge ways and not living like a huge fancy life. And, uh, like for example, for him, he has a broken iPhone. He doesn't care, you know, so he doesn't, he doesn't just throw a thousand dollars at it and just burn it. He uses that money to give back and help others. And I think that's really cool because, um, no one tells him he has to do that. Society encourages him to not do that in a lot of ways. So, um, I think that's pretty, I think, I thought that was pretty cool. And that's something that I would try and model my life after if I ended up ever hitting it big. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think that's kind of interesting, you know, hearing about the phone mm-hmm. and I, I think everyone falls victim to this. I know mm-hmm. I do a lot, but when you think about it, like take the iPhone, like four to mm-hmm. the, the new iPhone. That's like over a thousand dollars. I mean, what's the, the main basic functions of the phone. Mm-hmm. All of them can connect to the internet. All mm-hmm. of them can take pictures. All of them can make falls mm-hmm. or make phone calls. Yeah. And, uh, Like, what's the point in in paying so much money just to get, like, the newer version Mm -hmm. when these old versions, I mean, pretty much do the exact same thing? Mm -hmm. And this goes for, like... Anything, yeah Because you can look at, okay, this is a strange example, but, like, yachts, you know? Mm -hmm. Everyone says they're super expensive and stuff. Mm -hmm. You look at old yachts, they're just, like, a little bit older. used (laughs) yacht? They're... They're decently cheap, cheaper than you would think simply because they're not new. I think where the yacht gets
0: you though is the maintenance because a lot of people have to hire like a full-time crew of like four people to live on it. So it's like and like where you're, the marinas where you're docking are usually like ridiculously expensive. So a lot of times it's the maintenance that gets you, but I totally get where you're coming from. It's like a lot of times people who have a lot of money end up burning it in ways that they never would have before they got all that money. But just because they have it. Right. And I don't think that makes it any more – I don't think that makes it any less wasteful. Because you hear that from a lot of people. Oh, they have the money. like, And it's like, yeah, they do. But I think that's I think that's a bad message to be sending to a lot of people. Because right. a lot of people end up trying to live like that. And just for example, one that comes to my mind prominently, kind of the like polar opposite of this story of the soccer player that I was just talking about. Someone like – um, Odell Beckham Jr. He's all about the flash, you know, and that's that's fine. A lot of people yeah. are, but um, for example, like he he'll like walk on the field with like a four million dollar watch on, you know, and like the thing about that is there's with four, there's so much good that can be done with four million dollars right. that I'm all for people being able to buy nice things for themselves. Like that's okay. I'm not going to say that what that buying certain things is wrong that they should be like giving all that money away, but I just think in a world where we have so many people suffering, there's there's so much suffering and, and there's, there's so much suffering and so much poverty in our world that I think that we should really look at ourselves. I think this even goes for people who don't have a lot of money really look at ourselves and think, do I need to frivolously spend this money when there's people in this world that are struggling in ways I couldn't even imagine? So for example, that $4 million watch, like $4 million is like, that, that could be life changing money for thousands of people. Yeah. You know, and it's just to wear that watch once and just who even knows where it is. It's probably just chilling on a desk somewhere
1: now. Like it's just, it just seems I would have a tough time justifying it. I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I, I can't fault people, you know, I can't fault people for, for buying nice things. Mm-hmm. I, I think you definitely should. Mm-hmm. I mean, at times if you work hard for something and you really want it, mm-hmm. like absolutely go for it. I think it's yeah. going to have like goals and, and things that you really want. And when you finally get that, there's like that sense of accomplishment, mm-hmm. but I would push back and I would say the good that you would do in, in giving away at least some, of some mm-hmm. of your money mm-hmm. or you know whatever it is. It might not just be money. Some of your time. Mm-hmm. I think that's far more valuable than anything that you could actually purchase is mm-hmm. actually giving things away to other people. Mm-hmm. I think it brings you a lot more fulfillment knowing that you help someone out more so than, than like a watch that you would wear, which is cool, you Mm -hmm. know, very cool. But at the same time, I think he would feel a lot better about himself Mm -hmm. had he given away that -hmm. kind of money.
0: Yeah. And it's all about just helping out your fellow man. And I think we all could be better at this because you, you always, there's always someone who has drastically less than you pretty much anywhere where you sit, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, um, there's always someone sitting on a street corner with nothing. So I think we all need to keep that in mind. And I think that's definitely something that, came to my mind where it's like, oh, if I hit it big, what would I do? And I just kept thinking about these kind of examples, these like kind of the, the example in my mind that I think people should follow the the soccer player who um, is helping to prop up people in his local country is helping to actually try and improve, trying to improve his country, trying to help his people um, in a great way that honestly, I think um, more people are trying to replicate or do I want to be the guy who's buying a $4 million watch? for no reason other than just to have everyone look at me and then just setting that to the side, never wearing it again. So I think that's definitely something that everyone should keep in mind. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, this is all hypothetical, but we sure do hope big brain hour one day gets this big. And we know we're only five episodes in, like we said, we're going to keep grinding. We're going to keep releasing that content on time. Um, we're going to keep giving the people what they want and you never know. So it's always fun to dream. And, um, Who knows? Big brain hour. One day we could have Bill Gates on the show when we're huge. That's when
1: we'll know we made it is when when Bill Gates comes on. Yep. And I'll probably play this clip.
0: Me bringing (laughs) up Bill Gates on episode five. (laughs) Okay. So now we're going to transition a little bit um, away from kind of what we do if we hit it big into um, kind of the weirdest thing you've ever eaten. And where did you eat it? So we thought this would be kind of a fun subject to dive into because it might let you guys know a little bit more about us. So, Steve, do you want to lead sure. off?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so at, at, my, at our school that we go to mm-hmm. at, at CU, they offer uh, these treks where you get to go for a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are during, like, spring break. Some of them are in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they're for different, like, fields of study. So I did mine for business, and I went to uh, Dubai, which I would consider probably one of the coolest places I've been in my life. Yeah, uh, talk about excess, though. You know, yeah, know. Like- <laughs> that place is like Disney World. It's, yeah, it's weird. Uh, but one of the things that we ate our, our last night, we went to uh, kind of a nomadic camp. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Kind of like a historic place, It was mm-hmm. really cool. But one of the things they had us try was was camel. Mmm. And it's, you know, it's really weird um the taste is fine actually I, th- I think they did a really good job uh preparing it the texture is a little strange uh, compared to other meats that uh that i've had um probably wouldn't recommend it necessarily but i mean mm. like it's not the i think it's a pretty decent meat once mm-hmm. you get past like because we actually we rode camels mm-hmm. the craziest thing we were riding camels and then and you're eating camel it was, it was it was real weird um, <laughs> poor guys yeah, no, you, you do feel bad. At the same, yeah. like it was, it was fine. Yeah, it's kind of like maybe like a mixture of beef and chicken, kind of somewhere in between. Yeah, on the scale, I don't um, know. Kinda... Did you eat
0: it like a steak or was it like
1: ground? Um, it was it was like shredded. Mm. I think if I remember right, it was pretty like. There's not much there too. It. It's kind of mm. mushy, at least the way yeah. that they prepared uh-huh. it. But um, yeah, I would I would encourage people to try new things. I think mm-hmm. a lot of the time it's. Like the perception, in your head is what's keeping you from mm-hmm. from liking something. Yeah. So.
0: No, totally. Uh, camel's interesting. So I didn't even know that like, camel was something that people ate. Yeah. I, I didn't realize. That. I thought that was more of like a, kind of more like a horse, kind of something that was used right. more for like transportation. But like, I didn't really realize people ate it. So I maybe think, it was just like a tourist trap, yeah. and then they just ate camel. But I, I sure hope
1: most people use them for transportation <laughs> more so than than eating.
0: Yeah, for sure. Camels, we love them. We love them <laughs> on the show. We're not saying go out and kill a bunch of camels, but we are saying Steve has eaten one. Yes. So well, that's a takeaway from that. <laughs> and Lincoln, do you have any any
1: interesting cuisines?
0: Yeah, I'd say the strangest cuisine I've ever consumed would be I did eat a guinea pig brain one time. I was in Peru, and I was, I was like, I think I was eleven years old, twelve years old, and I was on like a it was like a school trip to Peru where it was like. It was one of those organizations that does kind of like a, like a travel abroad school trip type thing. So there were like 12 of us there and we were living in homestay families and on the last day they kind of threw like a big party. And for those of you that don't know, in Peru guinea pig is like a pretty common thing to eat. Like a lot of people have like a guinea pig, like miniature guinea pig farm in their backyard because it, they're easy to, um, they're easy to breed a lot of and um, they just provide good food there. So um, on the last day, they actually had like this outdoor like guinea pig feast. And what they did was they like, they make like an earth oven. So they dig a hole, put all these hot coals in it and stuff. And so then they kill the guinea pigs and they, um, then they throw like the whole meat into the pit and then they cover it with dirt. Like an hour later they dig it up and then you just have this like, (laughs) just have this like charred rat. Like you just have this, like it's kind of nasty looking and it's like the teeth are like poking out and stuff and like, so we were eating it and honestly it's not very good. It's not like, good. it's like gamey. It's like greasy sort of, it's, it's, it's like a dark, it's like a black meat. It is like the weirdest thing I've ever eaten. And so like they took the head off this one and then they were like, Lincoln here, like this is for you. And they're like, it's a, it's like a delicacy. And I was like, okay, they're either like pulling my leg and just trying to get like the American kid to like eat a guinea pig head yeah. or they're actually serious. So I was like, at this point I had no idea. So I was like, Okay, let's do it. So they crack it open, and they scoop the brains out, and I actually ate them, and they were actually terrible. It tasted like mud. It was so bad. So when you're like watching a show and you're like, oh wow, that looks horrible. When some when there's like when there when there's like this weird delicacy where it's like cow tongue or something, it's it's usually bad. I think because <laughs> guinea pig brain actually tasted like mud, like burnt mud, and it was. Honestly, I'm glad I had the experience. It was cool, but it was just disgusting. So, that's, yeah, it's not. I was a little bit surprised. I thought it might be good. It's like a delicacy, yeah. but like delicacy usually means not great. Apparently, yeah,
1: it, that's, that's kind of the way it is. A lot of the world, though. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah? yeah, man, I can't believe you eat that. I'm not sure if I could. I could stomach something like that. I did, but
0: it was pretty nasty. You're so just yeah. looking at the buck teeth of like the the <laughs> guinea pig when you're cracking open the skull. It's
1: just it's nasty. Jeez. Yeah. Here's what I will say though is it's hard to, you know, you don't want to be rude. Mm-hmm. And I think that propels you to pushes you to your limits. Yeah. Because you, you, I mean, normal circumstances, you never eat that. But like when someone offers it to you, yeah. oh, you have to. It's like, yeah, you know, I'll try it out of respect.
0: Yeah. 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 I felt like Bear Grylls though. I will say that. <laughs> Improvise, adapt, overcome. <laughs> it's like the time he killed that snake and like, like peed in it to use it as like a water <laughs> sauce And then he like, then he like squeezed it out and ate it later in the show. And it's just like,
1: yeah, do what's necessary, do
0: what's necessary <laughs> to conquer and overcome.
1: At the same time though, I think sometimes you, you will be pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. when, cause I mean, sometimes when you go on, if you're visiting people who like do like home cooked meals, yeah. like, maybe they're not as well out to like, or they just don't have their cultures mm-hmm. and have the, like the same the, taste the as like
0: yeah yeah or maybe have. even the, like certain cultures don't even have the same taste right like, you know it's just like it's just different foods are popular at different places like that's just how it is exactly in a lot of places yeah
1: but some places that I've been to that I mean they don't have access to like the same like grocery stores mm-hmm. and stuff yeah like that. some of that has been like the the best made food that I've ever had oh before. yeah totally.
0: Yeah, because they they also a lot of a lot of um, a lot of cultures outside the U.S. cook a lot more meals. Yeah, they don't have as much like the fast food available unless they unless you live in like major cities. Um, but a lot of the world doesn't live in major cities, and I think we forget that in America a lot of times. But um, yeah, like the home cooked meals from around the world, like definitely can't beat them. You know, right? And I think it's just. Um, it's just one of those experiences that I, I was really glad I had the experience, but I definitely will not go out of my way to eat another guinea pig brain. I, uh, I, I think that
1: that. Can't blame you there. Yeah,
0: for sure. I will say though, if someone offered me some fried bat, I would definitely take that. Yeah. Cause just like we're talking about in episode four, Chicken of the Cave. And Anchorman, ever since I saw that like fried bat wing, I was like, you know, I might <laughs> <laughs> I might partake in the forbidden snack. Yeah, I think,
1: you know, maybe you could even I'd be curious if you could like, chip it, you know, will it, mm. will it chip? Mm. Just, just cut some triangles, you know? Yeah. Kind of like tortilla
0: chips, yeah. pork
1: rinds sort of. Yeah. But bat I think winged, it'd be
0: good. Batwing squares. Yeah. I like
1: that a lot. I think that could honestly be a good business idea. Well, Lincoln, uh, speaking of, of bat squares, I think that goes perfectly into our, our verses for this week. Mm. Um, there's been a there's been a debate a long an age-long debate between two of the best snacks available to humanity, those yeah. being <laughs> Cheez-Its versus Goldfish. Man, hope, manna from heaven.
0: Yep. Link in your thoughts. Well, Steve, when I hear Cheez-Its versus Goldfish, this boils down to one thing for me. If I had a bowl of both sitting in front of me, what would I reach for first? 10 out of 10 times I'd go for the Cheez-It. Do you want to know why? First of all, the Cheez-It has a much more satisfying taste. The Goldfish is more of just like a wheat cracker with like a hint of cheese. A Cheez-It, actually, you, just like those commercials, you can tell that they age your cheese properly. And I think that Cheez-Its just have more craftsmanship put into them. It's a superior product by superior
1: craftsmen. What's your thought? See, I'm uh, I'm more in the, the camp of the Goldfish, to mm. be honest with you. Okay. Uh, and there's there's a few reasons but first off, you know I don't think anyone really knows what what is like cheese's slogan? you ask anyone it's like oh goldfish, the snack that smiles back. yeah I mean it's but that's the that's the slogan Steve I don't think we're talking marketing here. I think we're, t- we're talking straight like the okay the, the brand value you can't you can underestimate it because I mean here's the thing goldfish when I look at a goldfish like it's like a nice happy snack. Compared to what is a cheese? It just like just a square, pretty pretty unoriginal. If you ask me, yeah. Here's the other thing. I will say goldfish, the most addicting food I could think of. I can yeah, I can you, say you, that. You, like I, I cannot meet a single person who would just eat one goldfish and then stop. You have to keep eating <coughs> like a few handfuls at least. Yeah, that's definitely facts. But I think that part of its part of that reason is because goldfish
0: are just so unsatisfying. It's like a singular goldfish is like it's like an unsatisfying bite you know but a singular cheese it is like the perfect size mm-hmm. you know
1: I, I will say that you know it's definitely more of a sharp t- uh sharp taste mm-hmm. offered by the the cheese it but i kind of like the, the 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 goldfish are just so smooth you know they do go down smooth
0: goldfish do have that going for them Another thing goldfish do have is like The variety of flavors, you know? Yeah. Flavor blasted, you got Parmesan, you got original
1: Mm -hmm. pretzel. But don't even get me started on pretzels, but the the pretzels are they hit different. (laughs) And you know what? I've also heard I'm not a huge fan myself, but some people like they'll die for the for the pizza goldfish. Oh
0: no. No. You don't even probably want to know how they flavor that. Like what even is a pizza flavor?
1: (laughs) (laughs) The pizza goldfish. No, I I would encourage you to ask your friends. At mm-hmm. least one of them will be a diehard. So the, the silent majority, you might say. The silent majority. <laughs> once again, once again, the silent majority. Steve <laughs> siding with the silent majority. I I can definitely see cheese it being being a favorite. I mm-hmm. think it what it really comes down to is is the taste. Mm-hmm. I I do like the sharp taste, but mm-hmm. I, I'm also a fan of more subtle cheese. Mm-hmm. And then when you when you take into account like. The, the happy goldfish, you know, that's the that's smile. Just, yeah. yeah. That's just like, it, it you gets think to, that inches it past? Yeah. I, it's definitely close. I, I would not say goldfish are like far superior on their own level. I mm-hmm. think it's definitely close. Okay. Yeah. So on the topic of you brought up
0: slogans earlier, yes. I couldn't think of cheese. It's slogan. So I looked it up and honestly, these slogans are just, Oh my gosh, they're horrible. So the first one is the big cheese. That's literally their slogan. Cheese. It's, the big, big cheese. cheese and then another one that they've used apparently is get your own box cheese it's get your own box what see it doesn't sound like they want you to buy their box no i <laughs> <laughs> get a box get a box of
1: goldfish here's what else is concerning all right about about cheese it's specifically their branding mm-hmm. i noticed that they use a z mm-hmm. which leads me to believe that the cheese that they serve is not actual real cheese <laughs> Because I do believe there's a law that requires you to, instead of using the S, you must use a Z if, if your products are artificial. Is that actually true? I think, well, because there's the, the cheese spray. Oh, the Z. easy cheese? Yeah. You, because it's not real. I mean, it's not
0: like legit cheese. Yeah, it's definitely not. It's probably like, I don't even know what that is. It's
1: probably like Crisco with like weird <laughs> flavors in it. So that is concerning. I'm sure Goldfish has the same thing, but I mean... You know, we don't have the word cheese in there.
0: Yeah, that is true. I will say cheese it does have on their box. It says made with real cheese. But it's I not- do know there's a lot of legal like, wiggle room with real cheese. Yeah. So
1: I'd be really interested. I think maybe we should write them a letter. We, we should write them a letter. We I'd be curious to see the percentages of like actual cheese and different products. Cheese to chemical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the ratio. Here's what I will say, though. With most of these verses – um, there, there's, you know, you're either in one camp or you're in, mm-hmm. in the other with this particular instance, I think we actually do have a viable alternative mm-hmm. that, that, that gets mm-hmm. you that, that sharp taste of the cheese it, that that is far, I would say, you know, that people love uh-huh. and also the, the branding and that, the love that you have for the, for the fun snack. Uh-huh. And I had this a lot when I would go to, uh, to youth group and mm-hmm. like, you know, and like, um, Sunday school Mm -hmm. is we'd always have whales. Oh, Steve, whales.
0: The single greatest knockoff snack ever invented. Oh, hands down, for sure. It is. See, this is my problem with Goldfish. How can you, how can Goldfish claim to be so great when the knockoff of Goldfish is better than them? The cheap Kroger brand whales are better than
1: Goldfish. Look, I think, you know. Everyone – that is just a fact at this point. It is. Everyone agrees that whales are just better. If you haven't had whales, I dare you to go try them. They
0: are – oh, my gosh. They are life-changing. When you take a bite of a whale, you just think, I can't believe I wasted so much time eating goldfish. The wasted years. The See, wasted
1: life. I, you know, it, it definitely counters goldfish. I will give you that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's also a good counter to Cheez-Its, though, as well because like, – It certainly is. It, it definitely copies that taste mm-hmm. that people are looking for. Yeah kind of like that burnt edge on the cheese it you know do yeah. you can tell the cheese it's been yeah. baked at a high temperature so does the whale yeah my, my last thing i will say maybe against cheese it I'm, I'm kind of a big texture guy mm. you know uh I, it's a bit hard it's a bit like brittle for my for my life sometimes it's like chewing glass yeah yeah that's why i might you know the 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 goldfish reminds me of, more of like a cracker yeah that can be like I don't know, just a little, a little brittle, for a little aggressive time. for the yeah. gums,
0: you know. Yeah, no, I can totally see that. Um, I think this might be the first verses where we aren't firmly in the other camp, like from each other. We start, we we are, I am more of a Cheez It fan. You do prefer Goldfish more, but we're not like I'll float in between, you know. Yeah. Like I, I'm probably a whale's guy before I am a Cheez It or a Goldfish
1: guy. So I think we both can agree on that. Yeah, I think we could hand the and then in, in the battle between Cheez It versus Goldfish. Mm-hmm. I think the the trophy has to go to Wales. To yeah, be honest.
0: which is just comical. Cheese and goldfish—you got to try better. I mean, literally, Wales wasn't even involved in this, and he's still third party to you guys and yeah. won.
1: So, Wales, you get the victory royale. I guess you know Kroger. Hats it, off to you. It's it's more about quantity. Because yeah. At this point, you know, you you throw out enough value brand stuff, mm-hmm. eventually one of them will hit.
0: Yeah, this is sort of the. Um, You've used this phrase a few times, it's like a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah, I mean um, Kroger, you definitely nailed it on whales. Yeah, keep for, up the good work oh, for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think uh, that's kind of been settled. I think mm-hmm. there's not a maybe not a firm answer besides the the alternative. But uh-huh. uh, I think we have one last segment. That would be we're going to read some fan mail.
0: Yeah. So um, yeah, this week's fan mail. We actually have a few different fan mails that we're going to read. So it looks like our good friend Chad actually sent in the fan mail. And so Chad Georgetown, he says, give me more insight about the plastic chip, please, Steve. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> However, I have questions.
1: Uh, did did, did, this, uh, did Chad have any specific questions? Or? Chad just said he wanted more insight. See? I mean – you know, that's pretty broad. I mean, I can I can go over the idea again. I think most people get it. Most people get it. Um, maybe some specifics. I w- I would really like this to be like a a recyclable recyclable chip. Yep, for sure. Um, it would be washable. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I think there w- there would be different colors. Mm-hmm. For um, <laughs> kind of like pretty patties. Yeah. Be, <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um, and but for- yeah. For those of you who aren't
0: familiar with the plastic chip, it's Steve's startup idea that he pitched on the second episode of the show, I believe. Yeah. And it is for a plastic chip, which you can use to consume salsa or queso, any chip dip. So if you're not really digging the chip, you can still eat the dip. Yeah. So that was the idea. That is the core – That's the core idea of the plastic chip. If you want to know more about it, it's mentioned in one of the later segments of the second
1: episode. Right. Yeah. And I think this could definitely, here's what I love about this idea is I think it's, it's really weird at first, Mm -hmm. but I personally believe it has a lot of room to like expand to different markets. Uh Like for example, myself, I'm a big peanut butter guy Mm -hmm. and I know a lot of people Mm -hmm. that like to eat peanut butter specifically out of the jar, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And maybe people might think it's a little primitive, (laughs) to 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 eat something just using like a spoon (laughs) what so so i would i would highly recommend this this object this plastic chip highly Uh, sophisticated yes it's it's progressive for for sure which is why i think there's a lot of pushback yeah but i mean it's sophistication you know you're you're holding the chip this is past like the spoon has been around for so many years yeah but like dipping that chip into the even like the peanut butter the salsa you it's know the it's the action a, of it yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. that's the experience yeah like for example you wouldn't eat salsa with a spoon that is whack wow. but like eating it with a plastic chip for some reason that just sounds better to right. me yeah oh for sure i get the appeal i really do okay chad thanks for that it looks like we got two other emails from you actually um i want to hear more about the flat earth society on this channel or else i'm out <laughs> well chad maybe we'll actually um It's actually a good idea for the next episode. We'll keep that in mind. Um, Keep an eye out for that
1: because I think you might actually be getting that in the next episode. Or I wonder if Chad – maybe Chad's uh, an expert in this. Maybe we could have Chad on at some point. Yeah, I'd love to have
0: Chad on the show if uh, he is an expert in flat earth. Chad, if you're listening, um, hit us up and we might actually have you as a guest on the show.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. And then we have one more email from Chad. (laughs) Chad, what are you doing, man? NASA has open applications for applying to be an astronaut to go to the moon in 2024. To apply, you have to have a master's degree in a STEM field because all all other majors are insignificant and unimportant. <laughs> why would why, why we be going to the moon again, though? It legit is just like someone took a big snow shovel and threw everything
1: off of Tatooine. What a You know, that's a, that's a good picture. Um, that is. As a space miner myself, I would like to at least start the conversation on this. Yeah. Um, well, to answer your question, first off, I'd like to address the the fact that uh, only STEM fields are accepted in in this particular endeavor. Yeah. I think there's a lot of room for for other fields. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, there's a lot of accountants handling the the overall process, Mm. you know? Process management happening. Yeah, for sure. Operations. So maybe maybe you might not be qualified to be an astronaut, but I mean there's still you can still get involved if you'd like to be. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Um, And pitch in how you can. Yeah, exactly. Um to answer the moon question though, I think it's it's mostly like uh, you know, our our ultimate goal is Mars. Mm -hmm. But we're gonna try to like you know, kind of run a, a simulation, if you will, on the moon. Mm. Because we can get there in a matter of days, mm-hmm. whereas something messes up on on our way to Mars. You're a long way from home. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great point. Um, Steve is a, for those of you that didn't know, Steve is a resident expert in space and all things cosmic. Um, he is a space miner here at CU. Um, wonderful program. Highly prestigious. Steve is one of our brightest minds here. So, um, love getting that expert opinion on that. Chad, um, sounds like you're really interested in space. Want to come in talk flat earth, talk moon, um, moon mission in 2024. Let's have you on the show. I think you'd be a great one. Okay. And so, um, actually we have something that we want to talk about right before we end the show. Um, kind of something we want to let the fans know about. So Steve has been checking the analytics on our listens that we get and, 70% of them come from our native Colorado. Um, and 70% of those views are from Boulder, Colorado. The rest are from elsewhere in the state. Um, but the other 30% of of views are from all over the country. So a lot of places where they are, we honestly don't even know anyone that lives there. So we're actually really interested to hear about how you, how you, um, came to find out about big brain hour. Um, what's kept you listening because these people have all listened to quite a few episodes. It seems like, and, um, we'd really just like to know more about how we gained our listeners. We want to start learning more about our audience. So we're having the first annual big brain census. So we would love to have you guys sound off. Let us know where you're from, how you locked into us, Steve, any messages to the
1: the crowd out there? Yeah. Um, you know, we we love the, we love the interaction between the fans. Mm -hmm. So, uh, We'd love to know who you are. Maybe hear a little bit about your story. Mm-hmm. Uh, at most, maybe you'd love to come on the show and mm-hmm. have a platform, but uh, yeah, reach out on, on Instagram, send us an email to, uh, to our email, mm-hmm. your fan mail, just uh, let us know who you are. And uh, maybe even there might be some, uh, something in it for you. You never know. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. I might be thinking about doing a giveaway here in the next couple of weeks. So um, keep using that fan mail guys. Um, we're thinking the giveaway might have something to do with that. So might be a good time to start getting warmed up using it. Okay. So Steve, um, it's been
1: a great episode. Do you have any closing thoughts like you always do on these episodes? Um, well, of course, I think when you look at everything that we've talked about today, um, the big takeaway for me Mm -hmm. is, is kind of like the, the mindset or like the, the substance. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not sure the exact word for it, but, we, we look at the creative process, you know, mm-hmm. I think there's the tools, there's like mm-hmm. the people could say like, Oh, here's like the, the specific equation that you need mm-hmm. to use to like to produce good content. But what it really comes down to is like, is your heart in It's mm-hmm. like, are you having fun with it? Yep. And I think that there's something like in your head about like, what are you trying to accomplish? Are you having fun? Mm-hmm. And that goes to, that can also relate to, you know, what, what do you want to accomplish if, if you did make it big are you just, are you going after maybe things that are, that the culture is telling you to do mm-hmm. or are you like, are you seeking something that's going to be more fulfilling? Mm-hmm. And on that same, on the same thought, I think you look at the, uh, we could talk about the plastic chip or like the mm-hmm. different food. It's like, yeah, maybe there's some, there's something in your head already. Like, do you accept this particular food? Do you have pre, <laughs> existing notions? <laughs> like a bias against a bias this food. yes <laughs> specifically with with the guinea pig but but here's what here's why i want to bring everything together try it you know try it try it if you want to start something try it try some new food i think that's a takeaway try it try it yeah i
0: think that ties into um try whales try whales yeah try guinea pig try camel Try making your own podcast. Try doing something you've wanted to, but people tell you you can't. Let me tell you, nothing really tells you who your real friends are. Then after you start a podcast and you see who starts listening, let's just say I'm not nearly as popular as I once thought I was. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, give it a shot. Um, Worst thing that can happen is that people tell you it's dumb, but you still have a great time with it. Um, I think everyone should give it a shot. Always remember to
1: try it i agree steve is that it for today i I think that's it um thank you so much for listening as always reach out to us on instagram and on our email and uh of course stay big brain